0: Anytime of day, don't you hear you? Gotta have Spend the cash, make the time. Girl, I'll show you a river time. Come on, to me, get drunk. I don't care where you've been. You went nowhere till
1: you in. With
2: the With the yep, in the in crowd—that's the topic of today's discussion. We need to talk about the in crowd because this is what dis- is destroying our nation. This freaking in crowd. You should interview that man. You shouldn't talk about those things unless we all agree that we're going to talk about it. You know what it reminds me of? (laughs) And this morning in a discussion, it's like, you guys are showing your age. Well, let's look at this um, trailer together. I want you guys to tell me what you see here. We'll use a more modern one, too. But I think it's important we revisit the
3: Heathers. I wanted to be a member of the most powerful Quicken school.
4: Dear diary, Heather said she teaches people real life. You were nothing before you met me. You were a Girl Scout cookie.
3: Does it not bother you that everybody in this school thinks that you're a piranha? Like I give a shit.
5: Heather number one just looked right at me. You a Heather?
3: No, I'm a Veronica. I don't really like my friends.
0: I don't really like your friends either.
3: They're people I work with, and our job is
1: being popular.
0: Maybe it's time to take a vacation.
5: I just killed my best friend. And your worst enemy. Same difference. My teen angst has a body count. This is a tragic thing. Hallelujah.
0: We scare people into not being assholes. What did you say, dickhead?
1: (laughs) I did not want them dead. You did too. Did not, did did not not shut up.
6: I love my dead gay son.
0: You are out of control. You (laughs) made this filthy. What do you think I'm going to do with it? Take out her tonsils? (laughs) Ha! Is this as good for you as it is for me? life and
1: suck. That's it. We're breaking
2: up. Now, what if your news, what if your media was just like that? What if all your pundits and your news aggregation were just like that? You know, they hold a meeting. Let's say, for example, You know, uh, there's a a conference going on and uh, it's being held by something like um, Turning Point USA and all these media outlets apply. And then, uh, you know, they come back to some media outlets, not me. Okay, Uh, if it was me, I'd tell you. And they say, I'm sorry, but for optics, you're not allowed. It kind of reminds me like on January 6th when I went to uh, see the president. That the White House media thing, all of the pundits and, you know, your usual right and left media clowns were there. And, you know, I was in the media line and even the media person that was giving the credentials, I was like, hey, I applied for media creds uh, for this uh, through the White House. And they were like, what is that? I said, Tori says.com." dot com. He was like, there's no way. And he was like, oh, shit, you're on the list. <laughs> right. They were all laughing that I expected to be on the list. And I was on the list, right? That I have White whiteout creds and I'm going to go in there. They were laughing, but I was there. But in this case, it's like all these people are more worried about optics than the truth. Who put it out first? Who says it? And it's like, it's at the mercy of our future and our nation is basically that. So I think it's important that you guys understand it uh, you know, how all of this works. And this is why the psychological operations that are deployed among you are so effective. Cause I don't think, you know, you can say, yeah, crowd mentality. You know, sometimes people say things as if they really, really, really understand it, you know, and, and many of you do but there's aspects of it that I don't even understand because I can't relate to it, okay? I actually stumbled upon a video and I was like, what, like, can't people see it? Nope, they can't. Because it's something called having your own identity. It's been shaped and formed through educational system, your institutional work, right? And I say institutional because everything's an institution. Uh, The mainstream media, for some reason, people look around to be accepted. I, and my daughter yesterday, we were having dinner and she said, you know, mom, sometimes I feel like, you know, someone's going to be like, oh, nee, nee, nee. and I was like, okay, hold on. Ask yourself this question. Does anyone pay for your rent? No. Are they feeding you? No. Then why do you care what they have to say of you? There's a simple basics, simple basics. So it's all about Optics. Who are they to even say things? Who are they to even do this? Wait a minute. Did you have Joe Schmo on your show? Can't talk to you because you had him on. And it's a it's a silent coming. Like when I had Austin Steinbart on. Oh, how dare she? She panders. It's like, um, <laughs> or Tracy Bean saying, I can't trust you. You work for Brennan. So did General Flynn. So did all the others, but guess what? He's a general, so it doesn't count. Okay, I get it. You mean, let's use petty social politics right now, right? Because you want to be in the in crowd. There is no freaking in crowd. The in crowd is the people. And the faster you learn it, the more you won't starve. Because as I've said before, these people... All of them will be out on the street and they will not be able to walk out on the street. And if you think it's just the left or how Macron was bitch slapped the other day or how the airline guy down in Australia got a pie in his face because that's what happens to clowns. If you think it's just those clowns, no, no, no. It's the ones that are sitting there pretending they're conservative media. The ones that are sitting there that are telling you that they're on your side, yet. Here we are, a year, like, oh, the vaccines may be laced with AIDS. I think we talked about AIDS the beginning of damn March 2020, where I told that nice story about how I happened to take a six-month seminar with the guy that found the correlation between people that had malaria and were taking hydroxychloroquine and having sex with HIV-positive hookers, trying to let the world know slowly, because... As long as you're educated on how, what, when, it makes sense. Someone just telling you, it sounds crazy. Why would they lace it with AIDS? Well, hmm, maybe, maybe. So all of these people out there have sold you out for clout. That is the problem. It would be like, you, you did a disservice to our nation. You had our ear and all you did wanted to sell books and steal other people's work. Remember, he used to steal Laura Loomer's work and they distracted her with her congressional run and they buried her with it because they know how effective she is, how much the people love her. Distract, 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 distract. That's what they did. And then they buried her. They fixed it. This is what they do. They suffocate voices, but they couldn't suffocate hers that easily Because she had been on mainstream media. And it's just, they just didn't see what kind of force she was. Whereas other people, they just come right out the gate and say, no deals. So here's where we need to learn what and how mob mentality works. Because I think this is how we understand it. Because following the crowd is what leads us astray. But let's start with the bullshit. Because I was shocked to find out that places like Turning Point would turn away grassroots movements, grassroots movements, because of how they say it, optics. I was just like, um, dang. If I was those journalists, I'd be all over the media telling the world that and sharing that information because they need to be called out. Called out. You know, like Candace Owens and all of them, great voices, great handlers, but they're more concerned about losing their ability to go on stations like CNN, Fox, Fox Business, which are all being run by General James Jones because clear force is there (laughs) and we're supposed to trust them. But we've been saying that no one's been listening to show you that they are controlled opposition, infiltration versus invasion.
7: I do think there's social cliques at my high school. Yes. (laughs) I do, absolutely.
4: Yes. Uh,
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
8: Uh, yes, I do.
9: Oh, absolutely.
7: Um, I think they can be seen as um, rednecks and preps or kind of, um, by socioeconomic standards,
4: like middle class, lower class, upper class.
9: Well, there's a lot of division, especially amongst the sports. Like you'll notice a very you feel about the lacrosse team, or the um, the like the Nordic team is like multiple cliques within it. It really depends on what clubs you're doing. Like the band kids will really group around each other, but like it's really you don't notice much. Like the lunches. The way they space the lunches, you'll notice that if you're in the same lunch as somebody, then you'll really know them. But like if somebody's in a separate lunch, we'll barely know they're in the school.
8: I think there's a lot of uh, division between where families come from. A lot of people from Middlebury are kind of stick together, and a lot of people from not Middlebury stick together,
1: like Bridport.
3: You want me to just label them as they label themselves? Yeah. Okay. Rednecks, preps. The other day, someone told me that jocks is the same as preps. So I was like, oh, and then there's the jocks. And they said, no, they're the same as the preps. Um, Then I think there's your drama and kind of your artsy crew. I think there's also your more musical crew.
2: So now I want you to think of that into the news, um, you know, rounds. It seems that all of them are thumping the same thing at the same time, but they couldn't do it at a better time when we needed it because, you know, they'd have to say my name, say my name. And they didn't really have to, though, but no one is around you. See, that's the thing. They put our nation at risk for optics. They didn't want to show for optics. This is what they did. They, the truth is a funny thing. It can come from anywhere. It can come from a, a person you would never know a place you would never see it coming from. You know, because when I hear people saying you work with Brennan and it's like half of the people you're working with have worked with Brennan. So your statement is moot. okay, I had a better relationship with them. But remember, I was an agency. I wasn't part of a brick and mortar. I was above that. So having someone like me come out is a very big deal because I'm torching everything. Yet everything I've said with what they like to call, look at the proofs, is not good enough. Not only me. I mean, look at what they did to Millie Weaver and what they're doing to others. How dare you have that person on your show? How dare you? You are now banned. because, no, they're not of the socials. What? Did you just have that guy that has a food cart talk about things? Who are they? They're just an average Joe. See, what we need to understand is how crowd mentality works and how they're wrong. The in-crowd is us. The in-crowd is the people. The in-crowd is grassroots. I want you guys to drive this home because every time you see them, you know, I get so many messages. Look, they're talking about this. Yeah, and I'm going to, whenever I catch those in in the general Tory session, I'm just going to keep putting it out there just to make the point. Drop them all. Call them out. Who started the conversation about the Wuhan lab virus in the mainstream media? Who did it? One, one reporter did it. One honorable reporter did it and asked Saki, right? So they can start the conversation. Who's that one reporter that did it It was Emerald Robinson. One of the people. This is why Saki was all salty. And this is why, um, that round guy, Pillsbury Doughboy, what's his name? Um, the one that I can't, Mark Dice does his, Settler. <laughs> you can't forget Mark Dice. You associate Mark Dice with Brian Settler. So he sat there and wanted to cancel her, right? He wanted to cancel her. Because now everything is just, it's the floodgates are open. But here's a crash course on what social groups are. It's important to understand the sociological aspect of it so that you don't fall into those traps.
3: The choir, the meeting, the friends, and the family are all examples of social groups. A social group is simply a collection of people who have something in common and who believe that what they have in common is significant. In other words, a group is partly defined by the fact that its members feel like they're part of a group. This is obviously a pretty broad definition, but it does have its limits, and you can see these limits if you compare social groups to aggregates and categories. An aggregate is a set of individuals who happen to be in the same place at the same time. All the people passing through Grand Central Station at 1 o'clock on a Friday afternoon are an aggregate, but they aren't a group because they don't share a sense of belonging. Categories, meanwhile, consist of one particular kind of person across time and space. They're sets of people who share similar characteristics, Racial categories are a simple example. So the sense of feeling like you belong to a group is a defining feature of a group. But it also helps you differentiate different kinds of groups, specifically between primary and secondary groups. Primary groups are small and tightly knit, bound by a very strong sense of belonging. Family and friendship groups are primary groups. They're mutually supportive places where members can turn for emotional, social, and financial help. And as far as group members are concerned, the group is an end in itself. It exists to be a group, not for any other purpose. Secondary groups, however, are the reverse. These are large and impersonal groups whose members are bound primarily by a shared goal or activity rather than by strong emotional ties. A company is a good example of a secondary group. Employees are often loosely or formally connected to one another through their jobs, and they tend to know little about each other. So there's a sense of belonging there, but it's much more limited. That's not to say that coworkers never have emotional relationships. In fact, secondary groups can become primary groups over time, as a set of coworkers spends time together and becomes a primary group of friends. And while a gang of friends and a company clearly have a lot of differences, they also have at least one major similarity. They're both voluntary. If you belong to that group, it's because you choose to join. But there are also plenty of involuntary groups in which membership is assigned. Prisoners in a prison are members of an involuntary group as are conscripted soldiers. Now that we understand a little bit about what groups are, we can start to study how they work, beginning with group dynamics or the way that individuals affect groups and groups affect individuals. If we wanna think about how individuals affect groups, a good place to start is with leadership. Not all groups have formally assigned leaders, but even groups that don't often have de facto leaders, like parents and a family. A leader is just someone who influences other people in the group. And there are generally two types of leadership. An instrumental leader is focused on a group's goals, giving orders and making plans in order to achieve those goals. An expressive leader, by contrast, is looking to increase harmony and minimize conflict within the group they aren't focused on any particular goal, they're just trying to promote the well-being of the group's members. And just as leaders may differ in what they're trying to do, so too can they go about doing it in different ways. I'm talking here about leadership styles, of which we have three. Authoritarian leaders lead by giving orders and setting down rules which they expect the group to follow. Such a leader earns respect and can be effective in a crisis, but at the expense of affection from group members. Democratic leaders, on the other hand, lead by trying to reach a consensus. Instead of issuing orders, they consider all viewpoints to try to reach a decision. Such leaders are often less effective during a crisis, but because of the variety of different viewpoints they consider, they often find more creative solutions to problems, and they're more likely to receive affection from their group's members. Finally, laissez-faire leaders do the least leading. They're extremely permissive and mostly leave the group to function on its own. This means lots of freedom, but it's the least effective style at promoting group solidarity, and least effective in times of crisis. So, leadership is one way that individuals affect groups, but groups also affect individuals. You can see this especially clearly in group conformity, where members of a group hew to the group's norms and standards. Basically, group conformity is the reason that you do jump off the bridge with your friends. And this has been demonstrated in some fascinating experimental results. Let's go to the Thought Bubble to learn about perhaps the most famous or infamous experiment on conformity. The Milgram experiment was run by American psychologist, Stanley Milgram in 1974, and it was presented as an experiment in punishment and learning with two participants. One participant was the teacher, who read aloud a series of word pairs and then asked the other participant, the student, seated in another room, to recall them. The student was strapped to a chair and wired up with electrodes. For each wrong answer, the experimenter who was standing beside the teacher instructed the teacher to deliver a painful electric shock to the student. With each wrong answer, the intensity increased from an unpleasant few volts up to 450 volts, a potentially deadly shock. But the experiment was not about punishment or learning. The student was actually an actor, a confederate of the experimenter, And the shocks were not real. The experiment was designed to test how far the teacher would go in conforming to authority. At some point in the experiment, the confederate would feign extreme pain and beg the teacher to stop. Then he fell silent. If at any point the teacher refused to issue the shock, the experimenter would insist that he continue. In the end, 65% of participants went all the way.
2: This is the Karen mentality. Uh, So we're we're going to evaluate this because this is going to be very important because there's a lot of things coming to surface. Let's just watch this over and I'll pause and comment. And then we'll skip back over to the Milgram because I've showed the original experiment before and talked about it. And it was very important when I did it. So that way you can have that seed sown. So when it's time to see the
3: Karens, you can here we go and groups affect individuals if we want to think about how individuals affect groups a good place to start is with leadership not all groups have formally assigned leaders but even groups that don't often have de facto leaders like parents and a family a leader is just someone who influences other people in the group and
2: so President Trump is a leader he influenced all of us to spark and ignite uh, awareness. So he, we, we, he wasn't tight. Well, he was titled the leader because he became our president, right? I want you to pay attention to these dynamics so you can see how this goes because you guys saw it. Those of you that followed the QAnon decoder people, right? Saw it yourselves. They decided that they wanted to brush people aside. They decided to be the ultimate authority of where truth comes. They were the authority of what all of this is, the authority of a lot of things, which is the problem that arose from those types
3: of groups. There are generally two types of leadership. An instrumental leader is focused on a group's goals, giving orders and making plans in order to achieve those goals.
2: Now, instrument of what was the goals that president Trump said our goals as a group as the United States is to put America first is to be energy independent to to have our own industries our own manufacturing to actually make use of the things that are ours rather than sell them to other countries and then buy it back and those were the goals to make our nation independent what
3: we are independent what no we're not an expressive leader, by contrast, is looking to increase harmony and minimize conflict within the group. They aren't focused on any particular goal. They're just trying to promote the well-being of the group's members.
2: So this would be what the Democrats are doing. They want the well-being of those that are part of that, you know, cultish mentality where they have to, uh, you know, accept things and be politically correct and not offend and accept all things and apologize because they're told to.
3: And just as leaders may differ in what they're trying to do, so too can they go about doing it in different ways. I'm talking here about leadership styles, of which we have three. Authoritarian leaders lead by giving orders and setting down rules, which they expect the group to follow.
2: So that is what your right-wing media and left-wing media have. These are the rules. These are the people that you are allowed to talk with, express with, thump on, and that's it. Anything outside of that is not acceptable. We make the rules, no one else. Everyone else is a conspiracy theorist out there, wrong, or
3: we'll just paint them as just ignore them and will attack them. Such a leader earns respect and can be effective in a crisis, but at the expense of affection from members. Democratic leaders, on the other hand, lead by trying to reach a consensus. Instead of issuing orders, they consider all viewpoints to try to reach a decision.
2: Yeah, so this is the facade of actually having a choice. They're like, well, what does everybody want? Let's put out all these things. In the end, it's just what they want. They just make it look like we reached a decision because you've been bullied in other factions to come to that original authoritative decision. So this is kind of a ring around the rosy, but we're still doing what I want kind of thing.
3: Such leaders are often less effective during a crisis, but because of the variety of different viewpoints they consider, they often find more creative solutions to problems, and they're more likely to receive affection from their group's members. Finally, laissez-faire leaders do the least leading. They're extremely permissive and mostly leave the group to function on its own.
2: And that is usually the most effective when it's a damn nation. You know what you stand for. You share the same values and you, the people, are pretty much capable of doing the task
3: yourself, making all of you leaders. This means lots of freedom, but it's the least effective style at promoting group solidarity and least effective in times of crisis.
2: Yeah, we don't need solidarity. That's what communists do. We don't need that. We need arguments. We need things that allow us. Remember, when I created the Tory Says group, I gave it To the people, I don't even monitor that stuff at all. Like I watch and I converse with you, but this is how an open debate happens. This is how we see the values that we share without being told what our values are. This is it. This is it. This is exactly it. And anyone that causes drama or whatever is because they've been brainwashed in the other two leadership styles. You don't need... Leader, you are a leader. You don't need someone monitoring your chat and telling you whatever. Yeah, I delete a lot of stuff. I despise (laughs) self promotion under guys. Put your name on it when you're promoting yourself, okay? You come in with fake accounts, I delete that. Period. But the point (laughs) of the matter is, as the more you question things, the more you have conversations about things, the more you see. How, effi- uh, how much efficacy your goal and the potential of efficacy and um, your goal has. Uh, and the shared goal that we all have, which is to truly be free. And, and that's what happens. That's how you unite correctly. Oh, it's not good when it's a time of crisis and you need to stand in solidarity. Standing in solidarity is what socialists and communists say. Okay. And crisis boy, the best crisis control is by empowering the people with knowledge to make their own decisions. And out of 10 people that will join the army of, Hey, we're winning America back. Five of them will walk away because they're way too far brainwashed. That's what the ultimate freedom is to not have a leader, to be a leader, be a leader. So let's
3: keep going. So leadership is one way that individuals affect groups, but groups also affect individuals. You can see this especially clearly in group conformity, where members of a group hew to the group's norms and standards. Basically, group conformity is the reason that you do jump off the bridge with your friends. And this is been demonstrated in-
2: How many people jump off the bridge with Charlie Ward <laughs> into that era? How many people have been disowned by, you know, other people because they insist that, you know, XYZ is happening? <laughs> How many people, this is why you jump off a bridge when you don't think for yourself and you're told what to think. You're not supposed to uh, interview this person. Well, I still am. Now what? We're going to cancel you. Great. I don't need people that are going to cancel me to be around me because they don't have a brain to think. They just stand in solidarity. That's basically it
3: and some fascinating experimental results. Let's go to the thought bubble to learn about perhaps the most famous or infamous experiment on conformity, administering the presumably deadly 400...
2: Now we're jumping to the Milgram experiment where people were told by those of authority, maybe the conservative group, right? We're conservatives. Look at us. We're on TV. We make a shit ton of money. We look great. So here's what you're going to do. You're going to do this. And if you don't do it, you don't get to hang out with us and take pictures.
3: 150 volt shock. And this is usually given as proof that people tend to follow orders, but there's a lot more to it than that. If the experimenter gave direct orders to the teacher, like, you must continue, you have no other choice, that resulted in non compliance. That's when the teacher was more likely to refuse. The prods that did produce compliance were the ones that appealed instead to the value of the experiment, the ones that said administering the shocks was necessary for the experiment to be successful and worthwhile.
2: So think about that. Um, If you gave direct orders, do it now, shock the person. People would be like, uh, no. But if you were like, hey, this is really important. You need to shock that person to death so we have a good experiment. It's okay. We're just gonna kill that one person. It's for the greater good. Yep, there you go. And now let's talk about messaging. Oh, it's okay that we ignore them. It's just one person. They're crazy. Look. They're sketchy. Look, this. Look, they've been under attack by this with lawfare. Oh, but so have you. Yeah, but look at me. I have a title in Tiara. They don't. Look, values. Huh? what does that say about a person's values when you can appeal
3: to them with shit like this? So in this instance, the value of the experiment of science was a strongly held group value and it helped convince the subjects to continue even though they might not have wanted to. Thanks, Thought Bubble. This idea of group values points us to another important concept in understanding conformity, the idea of groupthink. Groupthink is the narrowing of thought in a group, by which its members come to believe that there is only one possible correct answer. Moreover, in a groupthink mentality, to even suggest alternatives is a sign of disloyalty to the group. Another.
2: Oh, you, how many of you? Let me just look at the chat quickly. How many of you have caught on to that one? That if you uh, simply state something else outside of what the bubble of conservative media is, it's just, you know, um, wrong. See? Did you guys see it? You know, I hate to see it, but, you know, did you guys see it? They control narratives by ousting you, and people are so desperate to be liked right? That they fall into these traps of, well, then so-and-so is going to ban me from their group. Nobody gives a shit. Cause if so-and-so bans you from their group, they don't have your viewership and they don't get you to pay $17 and 1776 cents for their shit. That's basically what's up. So why do you care? It's like I was subscribing to someone and 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 listening to what they had to say and supported them and did everything, and then they come down with this group think shit. And I saw them banning people. They didn't ban me because you know Tori has a big group. I uh, I refuse to be part of that because you don't need my money. Yeah, okay, fine. It's just five dollars a month. It's still something. You don't need my money if you're going to praise. Just whatever your circle jerking group has decided you're going to praise. See, this is the power you hold. And I'm showing it to you on a micro scale that you can relate to in this era of disinformation, in this information war that you are in.
3: Another way of understanding group conformity is to think about reference groups. Reference groups are groups we use as standards to judge ourselves and others. What's normal for you is determined partly by your reference groups. In-groups are reference groups that you feel loyalty to and that you identify with. But you can compare yourself to out-groups too, which are groups that you feel antagonism towards and which you don't identify with. And another aspect of a social group that can affect its impacts and dynamics is its size. And here the general rule is, the larger the group, the more stable but less intimate it is. A group of Two people is obviously the smallest and most intimate kind of group, but it's also the least stable because if one person leaves, there's no group anymore. Larger groups are more stable, and if there are disagreements among members, other members are around who can mediate between them. But big groups are also prone to coalitions forming within them, which can result with one faction aligning against another. The size of a group matters in other ways, too. For instance, in terms of social diversity. Larger homogenous groups tend to turn inward, concentrating relationships within the group instead of relying on intergroup contacts. By contrast, heterogeneous groups, or groups that have more diversity within them, turn outward, with its members more likely to interact with outsiders. Finally, it's worth pointing out that social groups aren't just separate clumps of people. There's another way to understand groups, in terms of social networks. This perspective sees people as nodes that are all socially interconnected. You can imagine a circle of friends who are all connected to each other in different ways, some with strong connections in a clique or Subgroup, while some are connected by much weaker ties. And you can follow the ties between all of the nodes outward, to friends of friends and acquaintances who exist on the periphery of the network. Networks are important because even their weak ties can be useful. Think of the last time you were networking, following every connection you had to say, land a job interview. Regardless of whether you think about groups as networks and ties or as bounded sets, it's clear that they have important impacts on people both inside and outside. If you just looked at society as a bunch of individuals, you'd miss all the ways that groups impact our lives by acting as reference groups, by influencing our decisions through group conformity and much more. And groups are important for how society itself is organized. So next time, we're gonna talk about one big part of that. Formal organizations and bureaucracy.
2: So, for most of these uh, preachers of freedom and uh, the know and how things go, right? They don't believe that there are outliers, right? They don't believe that there are ways that people can be effective if they're not part of a group, and that is the problem. That is a complete problem. Now, I'm going to show you an experiment, one of my favorite experiments. So you can see just how the world has been manipulated by these so-called influencers. And remember, the only reason they're influencers is because you've given them that power. No one else, someone of authority that you consider authority said, this is what must happen and therefore it is. That is exactly what is going on. So watch this experiment. It's actually quite fascinating
7: to answer that question, we set up a hidden camera experiment to see if this woman would stand up at the sound of this tone, simply because everyone else is. You might be thinking you'd never go along with this, or would you? After just three beats, and without knowing why she's doing it, this woman is now conforming perfectly to the group. But what happens if we take the group away?
6: Elaine, please.
1: Okay.
2: So for those of you listening on podcasts, it's showing a dentist. Oh, it's an eye clinic filled with people. All of them are actors except for one woman that has an actual appointment. And every time there's a beep, they stand up in the chair, right? For no reason. They just all stand up at attention and take a seat back down. So this woman that had an appointment, let it go on. But after three times of watching the whole group in that waiting room and you know, the receptionist is just hanging out there. just not even thinking it's something wrong she decides to join in. So while the group was there, she's standing up, standing up, standing up, standing up with every beat. Now, will she continue to do it without the group? Now the last guy leaves and she's the last person in the reception area.
7: Okay, now she's alone. The crowd is gone and nobody is watching her except our hidden cameras. What do you think she'll do? Is now conforming to the rules of the group without...
2: Now, as you saw, she stood up by herself when no one was looking. And she is sitting there, you could see it on her face, contemplating, what the heck am I doing? Why am I standing up and sitting down? This is so dumb.
7: ...them even being there. Now, watch what happens when we introduce another outsider who doesn't know the rules.
2: Have a
9: seat, and they'll be out in just a couple minutes. Thanks so much.
1: Was doing so, I thought I
7: was supposed to think she'll teach the new guy what to do,
2: and he's doing it too now.
7: We kept the cameras rolling as more unsuspecting patients arrived. And slowly but surely, what began as a random rule for this woman has now become the social norm for everyone in this waiting room. Here to explain what's going on in their brains is Jonah Berger of the University of Pennsylvania.
5: This sort of internalized form of herd behavior is part of what we call social learning. Starting at a very early age, when we see members of our group perform a task, our brains literally reward us for following in their footsteps.
10: When I saw everybody stand up, I felt like I needed to join them. Otherwise, I'm like excluded. Once I decided to go with it, then I felt much more comfortable. Conformity is how we become socialized,
5: but it can also cause us to develop bad habits or repeat past wrongs.
7: And it's why even this rebel, who wasn't standing for any of this nonsense, eventually joined the ranks. And the only thing more shocking than seeing how easily conformity affects the way you act is that similar forces are subconsciously shaping the way you think
2: So how'd that feel? How'd that feel watching it? Felt really messed up, didn't it? Felt really messed up to watch something like that, didn't it? Where all these people are like the mob. They're, they've got this mob mentality about them and they can't stop it. Don't say that you wouldn't do it. You'll be very surprised just how programmable you are. It's a simple, simple, simple tool. And it happens all the time. And here's the deal who tells you that Fox News is news? They did. Who tells you that, uh, you know, organizations that are out there and the conservatives you see on TV are really representing your values? You do. Who tells you that this person is a patriot? They do, and you comply. See, why do you comply? Why do you share links like, why do I say that I feel compelled to use clips from Newsmax or OAN or Fox or even CNN? First of all, I use them to show you what they're telling you. Second, why do I use video clips when I could just tell you all of this? Because unfortunately you have been programmed to see it coming from multiple sources. And if you see it coming from multiple sources, therefore it's true. I know you hate to be called out on that, but that is a fact. It is coming from multiple sources. Therefore it is true. That's the problem. A lot of people are following that person. So I guess it's true. A lot of people are saying that, so I guess it's true. And you just conform. I'm trying to point that out to you. The standing up and sitting down at the beep is one thing, but how many of you thump, thump messages from people you've been told to thump? Hello, blue check mark. I thought the blue check mark was to verify identities. Nope, it turned out the only people that are being thumped are the people of the simply that's it are you
0: part of the in crowd then you got a blue check mark i'm in with the in crowd that's what's up Group the in crowd see can you see I'm how that makes sense now crowd
2: the crowd tells you how to think suddenly everyone's like holy crap they're talking about eight place viruses but we were talking about it before the vaccine was out but now suddenly it's what legit because other people are saying it a year later do you see how that works You empower them, you empower them, therefore they have the power. I'm trying to show you just how much power you yield, just how much power you yield. You know what? They're not the in crowd. You are. You just don't realize it yet. That's exactly what it is. This is group think. This is it. Wait, there's more. I need to show you more because you need to see it from other places to understand it. The mob mentality, how hurting behavior works. Following any crowd doesn't lead you to where you need to be. It leads you astray. And so the effectiveness of information warfare is because you decide you voluntarily comply to mob mentality and groupthink. That's how it works. That is exactly how it works. Whoa, technical difficulties. They don't like this. They don't like this. They really don't like this. Taking the power from the power that be, right? All right, that's better. That's better. We lost sound. We lost connection, but I'm back. So a lot of you will be like, well, they're the ones interviewing our president and we have to follow them because that's what they do. Well, that's because the president knows that unfortunately, 99% of you are in groupthink. And unfortunately, they believe that their followings are strong and that people trust them. Therefore, he sits with them. This is it. And what message you need to, to understand is that you've given them that power. The minute the president doesn't see these journalists as important factors in your life, is people that you look up to, they're toast. They're gone. They're finished. And he will then be speaking directly to you. He doesn't need a conduit. Why would President Trump need any conduit? Why would he need to sit down and interview with anyone when he could just talk to you? Why do you, you know, a lot of people are like private conversations, right? Tori, why don't you just post this? Why don't you, why? I'm not a loser. I don't need someone else to boost my truthfulness. (laughs) My truth stands on its own feet. I don't need to take pictures with people and post them. I don't need to do any of that stuff because I don't feel that need. I don't, and neither should you. The only way you end this whole charade is by taking your power back. Your president told you that during the inauguration. He's giving it back to you. Pelosi's power was given to her by you. And you'll say, well, I didn't vote for her. No, you didn't. But you still watch the freaking media she's on that are telling you that you did. But so-and-so went to this country, had this interview and told the stuff. Nobody cares. Why do you even think that person is important? You're important. They're not. They should be talking to you directly. You don't need an intermediary. You don't need anyone telling you who you need to listen to you need to be saying, Hey, I want to listen to you directly. I don't need any news outlet. Any news outlet is not important to me. I need you talking to me. Talk to me, talk to me direct. Why are you using these people? Why did you put Jack Vosobiec up there? Why did you put Cernovich? Why did you put this person? Why did you, they're losers. They mean nothing. You know what they always hated about Laura Loomer that she spoke directly to her listeners all the time, hated that about her, that she didn't create that barrier, that she actually cared about the needs of the people that were listening to her. That's the problem. So again, let's take a look at how people are controlled. Hurting behavior is very important to understand if you wanna understand how they have power over you, because this is how they lead you astray, very easily too, might I add. They lead you astray like no, like nothing else.
8: Here we go. Thus, it might be that one family camped near a spring and another camped for the spring and for company. And a third because two families had pioneered the place and found it good. And when the sun went down, perhaps 20 families and 20 cars were there. This quote from John Steinbeck's classic, The Grapes of Wrath, paints a powerful reality about human nature. It depicts humans as the social animals that we are, reminding us that in times of uncertainty, people are afraid. And when we're afraid, we rely upon the herd to guide us. Sure, the crowd's guidance can be a useful crutch to lean upon. But what happens when we use it too often, when we're just lazy? The concept we're teasing out here is known as hurting behavior, and we can define it as people doing what others do instead of using their own information to make decisions. This happens often. We see a large number of people acting in the same way, and we think there's no way that they could all be wrong. They must know something that we don't. We start to base our decisions off of the assumption that everyone else has done their research or knows something that we don't know. But that's not always the case. Consider the following example offered by Robert Schiller, an economist at Yale. Suppose two restaurants open next door to each other, restaurant A and restaurant B. The very first customer sees two empty restaurants and must choose which one to eat at based only on their appearance. Let's say she chooses restaurant A. The second customer sees one person eating at restaurant A and an empty restaurant B. She makes her choice based on two things. First, the appearance of each restaurant. That's her own information. And secondly, the fact that the first customer chose restaurant A. That's external information. If the second customer chooses to go to restaurant A, then the third customer will see two people eating at restaurant A and an empty restaurant B. I think you see where this is going. As people continue to join the crowd, they prompt others to do the same. Eventually, each customer might end up at restaurant A, which could actually be the poorer restaurant. What's happened is people have ignored their own information, and that creates a distorted signal chain. We think that everyone has made an informed decision, and that decision appears to have value. But in reality, everyone has based their decisions on the decisions made by others and because of this our decision contains no real valuable information
2: so this takes me back to explaining how the shadow net actually helps in the digital sphere you see a lot of people following one person therefore you think they're legit and people that are actually making change think that too i had conversations with a lot of people That are being interviewed by, and I'm like, why are you being interviewed by them? Like, first of all, yeah, but they have a big following. No, they don't. They're broke as shit. They don't have anyone. Their their system is broken. People have woken up. No one listens to their show anymore. No one goes there anymore. They don't consider them a source of any, but they have a lot of followers. Probably trolling them or they forgot that they subscribed to their channel. When have you seen any clip? of their show anywhere, nowhere, except for their group and their friends group. That's when, when you're spent and have no one following your content, you then pretend that you have people following your content. That's easy. You fake it till you make it. These people made it, faking it. And now they're faking that they're still making it. That's the problem, that they're putting their eggs in a basket that isn't really there. Because everyone that did go there, like the Charlie Ward train, right? That was crazy, right? When I saw that, I I was like, what is going on here, right? Or mysterious personas talking. I was like, what the heck is going on here? I was like, how are people even watching this stuff and saying, yo, this is like super answers, right? They thump each other. They circle jerk. They're all in their in crowd. That's how they work. It's like, uh, you know.
0: If it's square, we ain't there. We make every minute count, yeah. I share as always the biggest amount. Right?
1: Donnie Gray knew day day that
0: in 65, dude. It's year 2021. Year. the greatest.
2: So, you know, no one's saying that you shouldn't listen, but where the heck is your discernment? How can you not discern when something is complete bullshit again? It's not just these little groups and random channels. We're talking mainstream media. You have given them the power. Okay. You have given them the power to be the source of your news. How? If you watch what they tell you, they tell you exactly who they are and they are nothing but puppets. That's the thing. All they do is pander to have you listen to them mindlessly. I see people in, in the Tory says chat where they're just like, tell me this. And it's like, dude, What? No. Can you not see yourself? I'm not here leading anything. I'm in the trenches with you. Just like the president was. He was in the trenches with you. Anyone telling you what to think is just think for yourself. You know, every single time I would get banned on Twitter, people would be like, oh my gosh, you have like so many followers. Oh my gosh. And I was like, it's okay. I'll, I'll I'll just keep doing my thing. And my message will get somewhere. Five accounts. Minute I reach up to like a hundred thousand, boom, I'm done. They take me out. Too much reach. I, so many people, you know, you remember how I said years ago, I said, what is this stupid Trump train? Get on the Trump train, follow all these people. And everyone's like, yeah, we're going to follow them. And it's like, How the heck do you follow 10,000 people and read all their damn tweets? I was struggling with 800. And for some reason you thought you had this illusion that the followings were real. You know, they would put that on like this bullshit. This is operation gridlock gridlock of information. And you know what? They all hated it that I kept saying it. And you know, I had a heart to heart with a very big persona And they were like, you know, they just, they don't like the fact that, you know, you call them out and it's like, um, they should be the ones calling out too. You know, what is this follow back bullshit? What does that even mean? Why should I follow you back? Are you going to provide me news? No. And I would get DMs. I followed you. You better follow me back or you're going to, I'm going to unfollow you. Okay, fine. I'm fine with that. (laughs) Totally fine. That's the thing. People don't like you thinking individually because you take the power away from them. Individual thinking is very important. Hurting behavior is what has us right here. This is why we're here today. And the more people heard, the more we're falling astray from the ultimate goal, which is what? Getting our nation back.
8: These chains of behavior are sometimes called informational cascades, and they help us explain everything from standard conformity to fads and booms and crashes. Speaking of booms and crashes, you might remember the financial crisis of 2008. While an event as cataclysmic and complex as that cannot be explained by one behavioral failure, research suggests that hurting behavior may have played a role in decision-making by investment managers. Investors concerned with their own reputation have shown to mimic the investment decisions of other managers, ignoring their own private information. It's worth returning to the idea that in times of uncertainty, people are afraid. And when we're afraid, we rely upon the herd to guide us. As the financial world collapsed in 2008 and uncertainty loomed above us all, there's no question that our herd mentality kicked in and it probably played a role in our decision making. Whether or not we're aware of it, our reliance upon the herd plants the seeds which will influence the stores we shop at, the restaurants we try out, and even the universities we choose to attend. The solution is not to avoid all external information. Rather, the idea is to become more aware of the information we're using to make decisions, especially when we're observing what other people are doing. The herd is not synonymous with bad. However, our over-reliance on the herd prompts ignorance and distorts the information we use to make decisions.
2: How is that? Pretty interesting, huh? So herding behavior is where is why we are where we are today. That is basically it. Uh, for some reason, mob mentality is the problem. So Ryan, uh, put together mob mentality, controlling the direction of 2020. Now he uses the 1950s experiment. I want to see how he does this with you because this is really interesting. I, I want you, I'm driving this harder today and I've been doing this over the year in years, uh, right. In regards to operation gridlock, you know, people that you've given power to, Do you know how many people, to me, I was at a meeting and I said, well, I did see a comment on my chat that said this. And I think that's something that is is worth looking into. This person, you know, hardly ever comments. They don't look like they're a bot and this is legit stuff. And they were like, who are they? Like, why would you take advice of just somebody? And I was like, who the fuck are you? I'm XYZ. Doesn't freaking matter. You're not that person, and that person has their own sets of skills and knowledge that you do not have. Considering yourself important is ridiculous. You're just as equal as important as someone else. And that was the fear that I had when I saw the Q decoders come out, taking control of information and lying to people and making shit up that they shouldn't have it completely hijacked the mind of people. And maybe most of them hijacked it because they thought this is great. Everyone's got herd mentality. And then they have you making fun of the left, calling them sheeple, but they treated you like the ultimate sheep. Don't talk about that. You're deleted. You can't say that you're deleted. you listen to me come to my event and watch me talk? Cause I made smoothies and I know what I'm talking about and don't listen to anybody else because, because what you could have this shit out a year ago, if you really cared about the people, but what you were worried about is optics, optics, optics. I can't believe I heard that today from turning point USA. I cannot, but it wasn't to me. Damn. Who the fuck do they think they are? They are nobody without the people. And if the people listen to those journalists, they should have every right to be there. I'm sorry, but the people are waking up and I know you all don't like it. You came to telegram. I've been here for a while. You're losing that fight too. I mean, how many bots are you going to get? You can't treat people like sheep and then laugh at the others for being sheep. You can't. And I know you're listening and you hate this. I'm okay with that. I am totally again. We're talking big names, guys, treat you like sheep. Disgusting. It makes me so, I am thinking who the heck do they, what do you mean? Optics. What do you mean optics? You can't get shit done except for people that think taking a picture with you is important. You're nobody without the people. You are nobody without the people. You are nobody without the people. How many times do we have to repeat it? You are nobody. If I say you're nobody, you're a fucking nobody. There it is. That's how I say it. To To me, you're a nobody. Maybe to the next guy, you're God. Maybe to the next guy, you're the best but the people gave you that platform and you've done a disservice. The people got behind you and you've done a disservice. The people need to be behind you. I don't need you thumping names and writing coattails. I need you to have the stark truth out there. How dare they, how dare they? I just, for me, I was going to take this into the direction of just mocking CNN today because we've had a lot of wins this week, many that you probably haven't seen, but, you know, when I heard that today, it just, it was so, you know, annoying. You, the people have been talking about cool warntails. Now they are. You, the people have been talking about everything we've been discussing together, for years and now they're coming out with it. Why? Why now? Why couldn't you do it before? Let me guess, optics. You're nobody. You are worthless. Nobody gives a shit about Fox. Nobody gives a shit about OAN or Newsmax. Nobody gives a shit about any of you, right? Because you've done a disservice. You don't have the people behind you because you've done a disservice. And you've been, huh, all the branches like crazy of branches like crazy and yet you know you don't even mention how yet all this stuff say baby I love you, you ain't game. Say my name say my name salty 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 you are but the people are dropping you faster than anything the only reason they hated President Trump was because President Trump had the people and they hated that this is why they infiltrated him. They hated that. And they saw what a lucrative train him having the people was. Oh, let me manage your money, President Trump. Oh, let's do this, President Trump. Let's do that. We've got the people on our side. Oh, and all these middlemen just appeared out of nowhere. And all these voices. Oh, I got a big following. You need to come over here and get on my show. Um, so without him on your show, you're actually a zero. Okay. That's what's up. That's what's up. They are zeros without your hero, right? That's how it is. And they are treating you like sheep. And all of you just walking off that cliff with them. While they're ripping you off kind of like, uh, the GOP did for the past four years, give us money and we're giving it to Trump. He's the president. Give us money, give us money. And now most of you, and I've seen it in the chat. When you get those letters from the GOP, you're like, fuck you. I'm sending my money directly to Trump, which by the way, he's got gatekeepers there too. So just so you know, gatekeepers everywhere. Cause they know how important it is to have the people behind you. They know how important it is to have the people behind you. Like I said, we are the soldiers of Iwo Jima propping up our president because no one else wants to, unless they're willing to make a couple dollars. They're very, very honest journalists. I'm going to tell you about a new newspaper that is going to crush the New York Times, but I'll wait till later. Why? Because their goal isn't about titles and tiaras. It's about investigative reports, proper reports. Reports, no interests, none. And you know, I've been confronted many times. What's your game? My game? My game used to just be, this is fucked up. The people need to know. And this is why I was leaking slowly, 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 waiting for the right time to pounce. But as of 2019, thinking about it, all these people I work with knew exactly what was happening in my personal life that I was completely blindsided by. And they didn't tell me. So guess what? It's also, what? I sacrificed my ability to be a 100% at-home wife, cooking and cleaning and taking care of my babies so that I can serve my country with the impression that my personal life would have been safe and sound. And I was under that impression, that illusion. And you let that happen to me. Huh? So now my truth needs to be out is on steroids. You got nothing on me. You have zero on me. Do you know why? Because all I have is the truth. You have your interests. You know, I was booking flights for trips that I need to make. One is actually quite far. I think you're going to like this one in July. But you know i had the conversation i was talking with a family member well someone that i consider family and i was thinking okay i'm going to i'm going to you know cuz i'm like you guys i i work right and i all <laughs> work <laughs> one contract and now i'm going through clearance which i'll probably fail but i was like okay let's let's get our liabilities out health insurance uh rent this and and then the tickets come and my person that I consider family was like, "What the, you're going to be, it's fine. God makes it work. Are you freaking kidding me? God makes it work. That's how it happens. I don't have to look at other things first. I put good, First, and everything else comes. And I say this all the time, and people are like, No, that's not reality. I promise you it is. If you trust it, it totally is in God's control. How is it possible that all of these things just pop into place? You know, I even made Patrick Berge a God like, he believes in God now. He was mocking me mocking me, you know, two years ago. And I was like, God makes things happen. You Got to have faith. He's like, no, nope, God didn't look after me. God didn't do this. You're going to see it now. He's like, shit, it can't be coincidence. Exactly. How many times does something happen have to happen in order for it to be a coincidence? I mean, once, twice, three times. I mean, you know, I should just go on Fiverr and hire someone and say, put all my proofs. With timelines, we can show it and say, how is it possible that this is a coincidence? Yet, I am not a reliable source. I'm just saying. Like I told you yesterday, they're thumping some other guy about behavioral analytics. Shit, Bergie created that software. Why are we listening to the guy that took over after Bergie rather than the guy that actually created it? People lose faith in understanding just how united the people are. This is why the power of the people is so massive. If you are united on all fronts, you can be on the right, you can be on the left, north, south, west. I don't give a crap. If you're united under one cause, there is nothing that can break that. Nothing especially when it comes from you. This is why, you know, uh, when people were like, give us guidance on this, I don't need to give you any guidance. You are just as capable. You don't need a leader. You've had enough of those people leading you off cliffs and sheeple mentality. And I've seen in the various Tory Says groups, all this bickering of taking control, taking control because you have been trained as humans to literally serve others. What you need to do is understand serving Your brother and your sister together equally is what gets everyone everything. This is how it works. Stop being so tunnel vision and thinking you need someone to hold your hand or feed you information. You're more than capable. You don't need someone pulling out that red string or digital red string with arrows and boxes and shit so you can get it. You're more than capable. When I tell people I don't run my rooms, the people do. I'm in all the rooms and they add me to it, which is great. Cause I get into all Tori says rooms. There's not one room I do not look at. And I know a lot of you think, does she sleep? I kind of don't. I wish there was an upgrade for that. Cause then I become really, really bitchy. <laughs> the, the point of the matter is you give power to people with your time and dedication. And here we are having conversations so that we can understand where the root of the problem is. And the problem is we cannot find the source of the truth because they even obfuscate that. That's all you got to look at. And you know, most of them right now listening, cause I can see everything. Oh, she doesn't have much of a following. Oh, yeah. you have no idea. You don't. Yours are all bots. And about 60% of them are there to troll you or take your content and revamp it. Humble yourself and realize that you are the same. You are the same. And the more, a un- oh, man, a united America is an unstoppable America. If you guys were able to just realize how much power you give them, and, I- and I'm sure you do, it's over for them. Take a look at this. Let me, let me put this on. Give me a sec. There we go. It's not doing it. There we go. Is it? There it is. Here we go.
6: We the people are the ones who going to have to fight. We used to say. Which side are you on? Which side are you on? The truth is, we're in so much debt that the only way out is revolution or war. So now the question is, which side are you
1: on?
4: Have you ever wondered why there are always two sides to things? Maybe it doesn't matter as much with sports or video games. But why politics? Is it because things are just simpler that way? Maybe people have just gotten used to only seeing two sides. But why doesn't anyone talk about an in-between? Who's going to step in when both sides go too far? What happens when both sides go way, way too far? 2018, Super Bowl 52. The Philadelphia Eagles have just taken home the Lombardi Trophy, and for the first time in franchise history, fans finally got to take the streets to celebrate. <laughs> But things quickly escalated. The passionate crowd turned a celebration into what looked more like a riot. Fans tore down traffic lights, flipped cars, raided stores, and for several hours, the city of Philadelphia fell into the hands of the mob mentality. People stopped acting rationally, and under the influence of other irrational individuals, they let their passions and emotions take them away. Does this look familiar? The year 2020 seemed to be the perfect breeding ground for the mob mentality to begin controlling the masses. With news outlets, social media, and the entire internet filling our heads with information and opinions, it seems almost impossible to not choose a side. Because as anger, hate, and sadness boils around us, it's only right that we fight for one side. Right? This is where things become
2: Now, we're going to take a little break. I want you guys to think about that. We have dry runs. And today, uh, um, I have someone working on my site. So that way, I can be back up to show you just how the mob mentality works and how they do trial and errors. Those were trial and errors. Uh, You know, Ferguson, trial and errors. Obama phones, trial and errors, and it happened before, and I have the evidence, and I'm going to put that evidence out for you. So while we take a break so we can get some coffee, oops, wait, hold on, while we take a break so I can get a little bit of coffee here, we're going to watch that uh, 1965 video of the in crowd where this guy was so woke, so freaking woke. he knew about it. Now, the thing is, what is the in-crowd? You give the in-crowd power. There is no in-crowd. You are the in-crowd. Nobody tells you anything. Nobody tells you how to think. Not in this day and age. Not in this day and age. Nobody tells you how to think. Remember
5: this. If I give you one message to hold in your hearts today, it's this. Never ever give up. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never ever let you down. I'm with you, the American people. I am your
0: voice. That's it. He was always in the trenches
2: with us. And I believe that that was completely underestimated
6: by many. Now, let's enjoy this short intermission.
0: I'm in with the in-crowd I go where the in-crowd goes I'm in with the in-crowd And I know what the in-crowd knows Any time of the year, don't you hear Dressing fine, making time. We breeze up and down the street. We get respect from the people we meet. They make way day or night. They know the in crowd is out of sight. I'm in with the in crowd. I know every latest dance When you're in with the end crowd It's easy to find romance At a spot where the beat's really hot If it's square, we ain't there We make every minute count, yeah As there is always the biggest amount Other guys imitate us, but the originals still the greatest. Got our own way of walking, we got our own way of talking, yeah. Any time of the year, don't you hear? Spending cash, talking trash Girl, I'll show you a real good time Come on with me and leave your troubles behind I don't care where you've been You ain't been nowhere till you've been in With the end cry
2: Yeah, we don't need anyone telling us how to talk and walk. But I will say, stumbled upon this and I thought I'd share it because it's (laughs) who's ready to have their mind blown. I can't believe that one person found it and was kind of like, okay, I don't think they can believe it either. So I'm just gonna um, add these uh, photos so that way I can show it to you because this is this is gonna be a little bit mind <laughs> for a lot of you. but I just can't believe that they found it uh, and made sense of it and understood it. I was just like, all right, fair enough. There are some people that are really, really, really woke. And get it. So, yesterday's show, I know, you know, this is the thing. I don't want people to be told how to interpret things. I want them to think. And I couldn't believe that someone so quickly got it. Because I know that down the line, people see it. But, you know, so this one person said Hermes is a software description. Standalone Pandora client for OSX that doesn't use Flash. Damn. Smooth like velvet. I can say, dang, ding. So there's one. And this is how <laughs> it works. Oh wait, and it gets better. 1998, the NIST announces candidates for new data scrambling standard, right? The NIST requested proposals, blah, 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 blah. What does that say? I'm gonna wait and look at the chat and see what they have to say. I mean, obviously it's kind of like Wait, what is that a frog? I think that's a frog. What do you guys think? Is that a frog? Totally a frog, totally a frog, right? A real frog. Oh, but you know, ribbit. Now let's go back to Hermes. I wanna see the chat on this. Let's see, what do you see there? All right. Now, again, this is how it works. Eve, Alice, and Bob. After their birth in 1978, Alice and Bob soon became tropes. Oh, let me un- tropes of cryptology research over the next decade of academic research in cryptology, Alice and Bob would be ambiguous and a key epistemic tool. And there, you see, just some art of someone that's supposed to be Bob, and the other one is Alice. And says, Once there were two mental chess experts who became tired of their pastime, let's play mental poker for variety, suggested one. Sure, said the other, just let me deal. Now, I know a lot of you are going to have to go back to that to this little clip and i'm sure someone's going to make a clip of this that they can share but you should understand that there's a lot of things that i cannot phrase clearer for reasons of um uh, how do they how do they call it? a paradox there we go can't talk about the paradox much but if things aren't there we shouldn't be talking about them is the basic rule. Um, I'm just going to leave that graphic on for a second so you guys can just appreciate it the way it is. Alice and Bob, the shadowy figure in Carmen Sandiego is Eve. Just thought I would drop that, and we're going to visit that later. We don't need to now, but... Wonderland's a little bit different than what you've been told. And again, it's all about giving, um, you know, context. I was very impressed with this. Very impressed. Hats off. Smooth as velvet, I can say. I didn't expect that now. (laughs) It wasn't even predicted to be now. Uh Uh-oh. Who's messing with the timeline? Seems like it's speeding up there. So let's go back to our... uh, Mob mentality controlling 2020. As we see, a lot of that is true. How you think, how you walk, how you talk, and how you say things is important. You aren't allowed to be in the in crowd, or you know, I'm still hung up over that. Guys, I am really hung up over that. Like, how could they sit there and say that? Um Certain people couldn't be, you know, at their thing because they weren't part of the in-crowd. I, I can't fathom that. Why would Charlie Kirk refuse grassroots reporting groups? Like, who does he think he is? What does he mean by optics? I mean, we all know, but this is the only optic you need to see. All these people, journalists, politicians, pundits, clowns, idiots, people that tell you shit are off a cliff and you're keeping the plank straight so they don't fall off it. You need to decide to take that walk off it and say, yeah, you know, we're not doing that anymore. Um, We don't like that message anymore. Uh, We want uh, more of us in it. We deserve more credit as being smart people. That's it, we're independent. They're not, that's the point.
4: This is where things become dangerous. The year is 1951. And psychologist Solomon Ash is about to conduct an experiment that would revolutionize the way we think about the human behavior. He used these. As you can see here, I have a number of cards, and on each card there are several lines. Your task is a very simple one, you're to look at the line on the left and determine which of the three lines on the right is equal to it in length. Alright, we'll
11: proceed in this order.
4: Matching lines with their similar length seemed like a fairly simple experiment. Almost silly. But that was never the real intention. The true experiment lied in this man. In a row of six individuals, only he was a subject. Everyone else was there to influence his decision by purposely matching the wrong lines. But on the third trial, something happens. Two. 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 Uh, two. It worked. As clear as the answer was, the subject denies his own eyes in favor for what the group thinks translate this behavior into politics and I think you see the problem. Many times we surrender our own opinions and sometimes clear fact, just to be like everyone else. It's not picking the sides that's the dangerous part. It's how we act after we pick the side. Because slowly and unknowingly as we watch the news and scroll through social media, we begin to lose sight of our own opinions. We stop thinking for ourselves, and we begin to agree with the crowd, no matter the circumstances. So what does this all mean? It means that we need to change our perspective and think for ourselves. During difficult times, it's easy to act with passion and anger, to lose sight of conversation and see things irrationally. But Eagles fans dressed like lunatics on Sunday night football is not how we should approach politics. We're talking about dealing with world issues, with decisions that can impact decades and even centuries to come. I believe now more than ever, we need conversation. Now more than ever, we need to see that on the other side are people that are no less human. It's time to start having civilized conversations, sincere interactions where there is no judgment, no anger, and no fear. At the end of the day, we're all the same. There are no sides to being human.
2: Excellent video, isn't it? Kind of tells you exactly what the problem is. And I was, I was very impressed in the way he put it together. Oh, I'm glad to see sweater guy back. Welcome back sweater guy. Um, I am very pleased that he put that video together the way he did because it's important that we realize just how much control they have over thoughts of people and how they push it. I think that um, The Crowd by Gustav Le Bon uh, is quite fascinating. And I think uh, it's something that we need to listen slash watch to uh, because it'll just drive this home. I'm trying to help you see what is coming. And the more that you can discern and trust your gut, the more you realize that you're treated like sheep rather than individuals. The more you realize every single person you watch on your TV, see in your Telegram, Twitter feed, YouTube, whatever, is important only because you make them important. If you think someone's important, they're important. That's what it is. It's your choice. You've chosen to be treated like sheep. No one forced you. You chose it. Remember that it's nobody's fault, but your own.
11: Gustave Bon was an expert in many different subjects from medicine to psychology to physics. He is best known for his book, The Crowd, a study of the popular mind, which explained crowd psychology and why people behave differently in groups. A crowd is a group of people united by common ideology, belief or idea. However, the characteristics of the crowd are far different from the characteristics of the individuals within it. Le Bon said that when part of a crowd, the individual becomes less civilised. Where a person may be cultured outside of a crowd, when part of it, they act like a barbarian, behaving on instinct. These crowd characteristics are produced by three causes. By being aware of these causes, Techniques can be used to intentionally manipulate crowds to behave in a particular way. This has been used in the fields of business and politics in the past, with many questioning whether it is ethical to do so. In the summer of 2011, I watched on television as thousands of people rioted in towns and cities across England for nearly a week. Many shops and businesses were destroyed as a result of arson and looting. People behave like this in a crowd, but why do they not behave like that when they're on their own? For some it would be a question of morals, for others it would simply be due to the fear of being arrested and jailed. Le Bon argues that when in a crowd, the anonymity that the crowd provides the individual due to the large numbers means that they lose their fear of the consequences as well as their moral responsibility. This temporary feeling of invincibility causes them to be unable to restrain certain instincts that they otherwise would. In February 2013, A man in China started selling cans of fresh air for 80 cents, due to the bad pollution in the country at the time. Despite admitting that the canned air was a light-hearted stunt, in 10 days he managed to sell 10 million cans. In a previous video, I spoke about how in the Netherlands in the 1600s, tulips were seen as a symbol of status. The value of tulips rose so high that people were spending their life savings on tulip bulbs simply because everyone else was buying them. Which resulted in a large amount of money lost when the prices eventually crashed. Both these stories are examples of fads as a result of contagion. In a crowd, Le Bon believed that every act is contagious to a point where an individual will sacrifice his personal interest for the interest of the crowd.
2: So this takes us back to. January 6th and why I've been going so hard that, you know, people didn't realize the infiltrators were there. See people like Ali Akbar, Alex Jones, all of them know how mobs react. They instigate in the bo- and the mob usually responds. So when they told everyone to go to the Capitol and follow them, the insurgency began and they were hoping that uh, average uh, Joe Americans that weren't hired to break shit would go along with the mob mentality. And yes, many people do. I mean, have you ever been in a crowd where it's like, yeah. And you're just like, whoa, you're feeling the energy. And you're like, wow, because it is, you're all connected. And when it's overwhelming and you're resonating, that's it. It's kind of like the freaking toilet paper. Who said you needed toilet? Why do you need to worry about wiping your ass if you're getting locked down? If you're in your house, every time you go to the bathroom, you can take a shower. No one's going to stop you. Unless you're in California and you have to choose between taking a shower or doing your laundry. But what is it? They know you are sheep. Look at all the news channels pandering to you. They know that you consider them important. So they are shoving whatever they want down your throat, period. That's the way it goes. That is the way it goes. They treat you like sheep. They don't want you thinking individually at all. Because mob mentality, when you're in the mob, when you're in the group, it's contagious. It's basic human nature.
11: Fresh air in a can was a nonsensical fad, and buying a can of fresh air was a nonsensical act that an individual would not do on their own. However, when part of a crowd even irrational acts become contagious. The word demagogue was born in ancient Greece. It comes from the words demos, meaning the people, and agogos, meaning leader. In the 20th century, there are many examples of demagogues who had a powerful influence over crowds due to suggestibility. They have transformed a nation of individuals, most of which had no intention of ever murdering a fellow human being, to act ruthlessly and inhumanely by pushing for brutality. The mob mentality that arose turned the crowd into a bigoted, vicious and genocidal horde. Le Bon claimed that after being part of a crowd for a period of time, the individual enters a state similar to being hypnotized where they are mesmerized by the leader of the crowd. The power and influence that leaders of these crowds have can lead to terrible atrocities. The leader can influence the crowd to think and feel a certain way. The crowd then often turns those thoughts into acts.
1: All
2: right, crowd mentality. So interesting, isn't it? How they pander on that because they know that you will just accept it. Do you want to see them eating crow? Do you guys remember months and months ago where I played? Wait, let me see if I could find it first. Hold on. Hold on. Let's just, <laughs> Let's just watch this while I look for it. But what did I tell you about um, Jenner? Okay. Here's where you need to be paying attention. Oh, gosh, darn it. It doesn't want to work with me. There we go.
9: Pay attention to this. Pulling out an air compressor to pump her own tires, not your typical celebrity moment. Yet Caitlyn Jenner's life is anything but typical. Before I was fly on the bottom. An Olympic gold medal for the decathlon in 1976. An iconic spot on the Wheaties of, box.
4: Ate a lot of Wheaties. A
9: reality TV dad in Keeping Up with the Kardashians. <laughs> A transition to Caitlyn with a Vanity Fair cover reveal. It's
12: one of the first ones.
9: Now she's running for governor of California in a race to recall Democrat Gavin Newsom. Jenner invited us to her 12-acre hilltop ranch in Malibu and explained why.
12: During COVID, it was horrible. I woke up every morning like, what do I do today? There's absolutely nothing. You can't even go to a restaurant, Mm -hmm. you know? And it just drives me crazy. When I started thinking
9: about this, Um, because I've always followed politics. But her political involvement was limited. She backed Donald Trump in 2016, but broke from him two years later, citing harsh LGBTQ policies. What kind of training do you have to be governor of California?
12: I have been in the entrepreneurial world. You know, people think of you, been in show business. They think of you as a reality star. Certainly I've done that, but entertainment is a business and you have to run that business. Uh, But I've also done other things. Uh, You know, we sold, A billion dollars worth of exercise equipment uh, on television. Uh, I've had aviation companies. I've just always been involved being an entrepreneur um, and tried to inspire my children to do the same thing. And they've done very well in that department. And um, all of those life experiences about, and probably the most important thing is being a leader.
9: This state, this is the fifth largest economy Mm -hmm. in the world. Yeah. Looks like Caitlyn Jenner
2: came out of the same batch as the new Melinda Gates.
9: You feel qualified to take that on?
12: Um, Yes, because I'm going to surround myself with some really great people. I had some meetings this week on budget with budget people who I were just so impressed. Can you
9: share who you met with?
12: Uh, No, we'll just leave it as budget people. And we'll leave it there. I don't want to expose anybody. I've had meetings on regulations. uh, with, uh, the Hoover institution. And uh, this one guy, Lee was just like the best, so smart, been working on regulations in this state for the last 10 years, has solutions. I said, Oh my God, you're like my new best friend. Okay. I learned so much from him in such a short amount of time, but it's people like that, that I feel like I have the ability to tra- attract to Sacramento that can make a difference.
9: Jenner is trying to appeal to Californians who feel overburdened by government regulation and overtaxed. I would freeze
12: taxes. Uh, I would freeze regulations. Um, No more regulations, no more taxes. Everybody take a big deep breath and let's see what we can do. No
9: more regulations?
12: I didn't say no more, no more, no, no no, new regulations. A freeze on the regulations that are in place.
9: You said a freeze on taxes. You mean a freeze on new taxes? New taxes, yes. But I'm like Governor Newsom, he hasn't put any new taxes in place in years. Yeah, but we still need to freeze. Elon Musk just left California, moved to Texas where there's no state income tax. Right. But do you think that a billionaire like him should be taxed?
12: I think all Californians don't mind a tax, Mm -hmm. but they also want it to be fair, okay? Mm -hmm. I don't think Elon Musk worries about an, a five percent tax on something, it's but when you start looking at the tax rates in California, how we are taxed, you walk out the door, and you're going to start being taxed.
9: I want to ask a little bit about national politics. Uh oh. Okay, remember, <laughs> okay. I'm running for California. Uh, I know, now, I know. Is, this is not a but national it, position. It is not a national position, but you're a national figure, well, and you're and you're running, uh, you know, to be a different kind of Republican. So let's talk about that. Uh, The former president still claims that the 2020 elections were stolen from him. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you, do you believe President Biden was duly elected? Um,
12: He is our president. Uh, I respect that. Um, I realize there was, there's a lot of frustration over that election. You know what? I'm frustrated over what what happened back then. But what have I done, okay, as a citizen? I'm frustrated. And I said, you know what, I want to do something about
9: it. The then-Trump campaign went to court. They filed scores and scores of lawsuits. There was no evidence that there was anything fraudulent. Do you Are you comfortable with that? Do you believe that the election was stolen?
12: Uh... No, I I believe in the system, but I believe in the, what we need to do in the future is we are a democratic republic. We need to have integrity in our election system. I'm not going to go on the past, you know, we're in a post-Trump era and they still keep talking about it. But we're in a post-Trump era. I don't think he we, believes that. We have moved forward.
9: Well, the reason I'm asking you about this is because you are a Republican and well, there is a kind real of, Yeah, I'm kind of on the Republican side, but yes. Are you yeah. not a
5: Republican? Well, I, I
9: I I hate to use we
12: label everybody. Mm-hmm. Okay? What do you I don't are, like labels, you know? I'm me, okay? And this is how I deal with it. just because I have conservative economic philosophy. That's the only thing that the Republicans are kind of on, that I'm on. But I don't know, maybe you call me a libertarian. Maybe you call me in the middle. I really don't know because when it comes to social issues, I'm much more progressive, much more liberal.
9: California has long been a leader on combating the climate crisis. For years, governors in both parties signed on to aggressive policies to reduce greenhouse gases. California established an ambitious goal of relying entirely on zero emission energy sources for electricity by 2045. Would you keep that in place?
12: Uh, Probably not. I would let the free market determine at what point. I I don't think it's government going to come up and say that by 2045, we have to have zero emissions. Technology is what we need to follow. There's a lot of smart people out there trying to get making a zero emissions. Um, and as that technology improves, uh, we will go less and less. I was in, I would go 30 years ago, drive into Santa Monica. You couldn't even see the mountains and pa- and Pasadena. Um, every day on through the seventies and eighties, every day on the news, they would have the smog alert. This is what the smog is. They don't even have those anymore. You can go to Santa Monica and you can see the mountains isn't all that the because time. because of the aggressive we are doing laws a here. good job.
9: So you would keep those in place or you or you would change it? Keep. Me- meaning the laws that have been in place here which have, are really uh, aggressive mm-hmm. in favor of the environment against fossil fuels probably helped to We're, allow you to see in Santa Monica like you're talking about. Would you yes, put those in place? I I
12: would keep things in place but I'm not fossil fuel will eventually leave okay we are going to have other forms in the next 50 years okay people may not even be talking about this we will have another energy source but for the time being, fossil fuels are around yeah you
9: gotta have it Mm -hmm. in an atv ride around her property
12: okay guys you're out
9: Jenner points out damage from devastating Malibu fires more than two years ago that almost engulfed her house and shows us an empty barn. For the last
12: couple of years, I've had friends that have had rescue horses and Mm -hmm. needed places for them to stay. Mm -hmm. And this place is so great for that. Um, Kendall and Kylie have horses. And
9: I thought, well, maybe they'd want to bring them over here. Mm -hmm. They haven't done that. Kendall and Kylie Jenner are two of her 10 children. Most are reality TV famous, including four Kardashian stepchildren. Are any of your children going to campaign with you?
12: (laughs) Here's the deal on them. Thank you for asking the question. Yeah. My kids are not involved whatsoever with this. Um, No, I'm totally keep. I I told them, no, honestly, I told them at the start. Uh, And and I love my kids. The kids love me and I have a great relationship. But I told them right at the start, I said, guys, because they were scared, one, for my safety Mm -hmm. and scared of what the media is going to do. You know, my family uh, has certainly, you know, been out in the media and they've taken their shots and they don't need to take any more. And I said, don't even I said, I am not going to ask you for one tweet. I'm not going to ask you for one thing. You guys go live your life. This is my deal. This is my decision to do this and tell I'm going to tell the media stay away. Don't ask him. And I told them just no comment.
9: Kim Kardashian, your stepdaughter, she's pretty involved in policy issues, of criminal justice reform.
12: I love Kim. And I think she's doing a great job with the criminal justice system. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and if I, I become governor, uh, I, would, I would follow her guidance in that because she has been very, very good on that. And the so she's hired side of it, yeah. but I don't have her involved in the campaign at, at all whatsoever. Yeah. I can't say we've never discussed it, mm-hmm. but uh, she's great. I love Kimberly. She's smart, great businesswoman, and very dedicated. You know to the doing a better job when it comes to criminal justice, and she would have my ear. I can tell you that when I'm up in Sacramento. Mm-hmm.
2: All right. Can you guys hear me now? Good. I think I'm in. Okay. There we go there we go all right let's see let's see let's see let's see yes okay all right here we go we're gonna share something funny i thought that i would end today as a friday with something incredibly funny that we visited um a few months ago and we're going to revisit it because you know cnn is like it just keeps on giving let's go
1: hey guys (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Johnny, see you guys. Bye. Hey I... guys.
2: Hold on, guys.
1: <laughs> Johnny, Johnny, can you hear us? Johnny, oh no, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> Jen,
0: call him. <laughs> oh, my gosh, my I got it. I got it. I got it.
1: <laughs> on, I'm gonna text a couple pictures of that. <laughs> oh.
0: Oh.
1: oh, boy. <laughs> What's up? Tony, I can see you! We can everywhere. all see you! <laughs>
6: <laughs>
13: Individual provinces. Uh, okay, so WCB,
1: we're watching. so there's Zoom uh,
13: fails. a couple forms that you're gonna need to fill out. Uh, and when you do that...
6: Wait, were you just in the bathroom? What,
1: what are you Dude, doing? No. What are you doing? Were you just in the bathroom? No! What? eat. We what? We're in the middle of a pandemic, Terry. Wash your hands.
6: This will be an example of a spontaneous process at all temperature.
0: Sir, no, does it, if um... It if, it's, no.
10: if it's positive and negative,
0: does it always react in a non-spontaneous characteristic?
1: Kyle, C did you need a laundry? Shut the fuck up, Mom! I'm in a class! I just asked a question, shut up, Mom! Shut up, okay?
0: I'll do my laundry after class!
5: Okay, Steve. Actually, no, do my whites just because you're interrupting Professor Philip!
0: Sorry, sir. So, yeah,
5: if it's
10: positive and negative, is it always spontaneous?
6: <laughs> Whoa. The entropy is negative. We've always resulted in. No, mom, I didn't buy any dryer
13: sheets! Buy them yourself! Uh. S- so, yeah, spontaneous?
6: Yeah, but we, we cannot proceed like this.
9: Oh no no Dory! Uh, right. I I told my mom to fuck off. She's gonna do my laundry. We're good to go.
1: He
6: muted me. Open three from the so now, can I actually hop on this call since I'm not on this account. Stop no problem. It's
0: cool. Go ahead, Sean.
1: Sure. Let's just start off with January 2020. <coughs> now, consumer spending is up. Uh, if sorry, you look Sean. at the graph right below. Hey you be on. I'm sorry, we're on page 12. The second
2: graph in the top. Daniel Junior. He thinks he blocked
9: himself.
6: Alright, so if you look, uh, we're 015 percent higher than 2019. Uh-oh. Uh we started this quarter off at 2.75%.
9: Holy shit.
1: Uh Daniel. God. I don't think <laughs> you oh Daniel. Daniel.
4: Daniel. Oh my God. Call me. Oh you call Daniel on his cell Call oh, Daniel.
1: So- oh, how, how do we turn this heat off? Wow. We can't. Oh hell no. Daniel.
9: Oh my God. <laughs>
1: Daniel is the host. We- Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Oh. Yes. <laughs> Daniel. No, this is stop. Oh, Wait, there's more.
2: So those of oh. you, he got caught uh, masturbating in a call.
3: Technology kills viruses in just one. What,
1: what
12: did you do, mom? Dad, holy crap! <laughs> it is great
5: for bringing about a sense of relaxation, well-being. And calm. So, starting just quickly by breathing in, and breathing out. The little girl putting.
2: It's really challenging, I know, with my children of my kids. from school
1: and
5: working from home, but just trying to just keep all of those distractions out of the way. Maple, can you stop just for a second? Three, two, one. More cold air. Three, two, one. Cold air continues across the area tonight. Potential for some frost and freeze for some of us. Warm up, it's gonna take... Hey, hey, come here. Come here. Come here, sit. Three, two, one. Frost and freeze for some of us again tonight. (laughs) The cold air is lingering through much of the week. We'll show you when the best chance of precipitation is with Futurecast. Maple. Three, two, one. Maple, excuse me. Hello, come here, come here, come here. Do you want to be in this tease? Is that what you want? Come here. Just lean up here, I can do this. Three, two, one. Another night where we may have frost or a freeze for some of us, and the cool weather is sticking around for much of the week. We'll show you when the warmup finally gets here.
2: Everything going on right
4: now in the world of- Oh, someone's here, I'll do it back. What? Oh. Uh- Harry! Sorry, what was that?
13: Are you are wearing you pants? Of course, I'm wearing pants. Are you wearing pants? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're not wearing pants. You're. How do you know I'm wearing? Not wearing pants. How, you're all not wearing
7: pants. I always thought we of you were a boxer guy.
1: So
13: as
2: you see, this is something that has happened to many of people during the pandemic of being at home and working from home, but nothing like, well, it was kind of like the one that we saw with the guy who turned off his camera, but it turned right back on and he grabbed the lotion and the tissues and he was ready to go to town. And they were like, no, we're not watching you masturbate, right? Well, that happened to CNN. And apparently, uh, you know, the guy that got caught masturbating, (laughs) (laughs)
9: <laughs>
2: I can't. Jeffrey Tubin was Lubin on the camera. Uh, they uh, kind of uh, talked about it yesterday, and I wanted us to revisit that together. Uh, I think it's quite important. So why are they constantly cutting my feet? It's like nobody wants me to show the CNN clip. Like this is. I have two more clips to go through. Uh, one is this, and the other one will be a little mashup of Times Square that you're going to see, but I'll put it out later, uh, you know, showing people the Hunter Biden laptop and the responses and the conversations that we had. So we're going to see Lubin Tubin minute this decides to work. Let's see. You should see her face when she's talking about it, okay? Because he was interviewed and addressed his absence from CNN. <laughs> All right, let's watch this. Because damn, CNN is just constantly giving, giving, giving. Take a listen. Well, Allison,
10: It's been a while. It's been a while, indeed. I feel like we should address um, what's happened in the months since we've seen you, since some of our viewers may not know what has happened. So uh, I guess I'll recap. I'll do the honors. <laughs> Help (laughs) yourself. Okay. Um, In October, you were on a Zoom call with your colleagues from the New Yorker magazine. Everyone took a break for several minutes, during which time you were caught masturbating on camera. Uh, You were subsequently fired from that job after 27 years of working there. And you, since then, have been on leave from CNN. Do I have all that right?
13: Um, You got all right. Sad to say.
10: Okay. So let's start there. Um, To quote Jay Leno, what the hell were you thinking?
13: Well, obviously, uh, I wasn't thinking very well or very much. And um, it was something that was inexplicable to me. I think one point, I I wouldn't exactly say in my defense, because nothing is really in my defense. I didn't think I was on the call. I didn't think other people could see me. You thought
10: that you had turned off your camera? Correct.
13: I thought that I had turned off the Zoom call. Now, that's not a defense. This was deeply moronic and indefensible. But, I mean, that, that, is, part of, that, that is part of the story. <laughs> um, and, you know, I have spent the seven subsequent months, miserable months in my life, I can certainly confess, um, trying to bad. be a better person. I mean, in therapy, trying to do some public service, um, working in a food bank, which I certainly am going to continue
2: wait a minute. So, so wait a minute. He thought he was not on camera. And then he changed it to, I thought I wasn't on the call. And you know, he got caught masturbating. Like right after you get on a call with the New Yorker, that's all you think about is sex, of course, after a business call. So you just whip out the lotion and the tissue and you just get to town like that other guy. He needed an intermission of Lubin, like Tubin on that zoom call. So what was weird is, is he's telling you that he went to a food bank and he went to get therapy for something that is totally natural, but just not natural to do it when you're on a work call. Okay. Unless you're turned on about some numbers and there, you know, that's sketchy too. Okay. Like you're on a damn business call. How can you think of sex and jerking off? With all your coworkers, unless one of the coworkers was hot and having watched that video, none of them was really up to par to say that, you know, hey, that person made it up to snuff, even the dudes. So, you know, it's kind of (laughs) like, so you go to a food bank and that's okay because I'm not going to masturbate anymore. What? It's the weirdest thing ever. Listen to it
13: to do, working on a new book about the Oklahoma City bombing, but I am trying to become the kind of person that people can trust again.
10: I'm sure you've replayed that embarrassing moment over and over many times.
2: (laughs) You can trust me now. I'm writing a book. Oh my gosh. I went to a food bank in therapy. You can trust me now. I won't be Tugging during any Zoom. Come on. How did they even do this segment? Like, just leave it alone. Okay. It was embarrassing. I shouldn't be like, (laughs) I should. I just can't stop. I'm like, so. Come on, like, seriously though. Like, why are you doing a segment, like an apology? Or as to, you know, I went to a food mix. (laughs) Please tell me, it is so ridiculous. It's like, (laughs) I'm dying. I wrote a book, I went to therapy, so I'm someone you could trust. Trust about what? That you won't be tugging? I mean, you work for CNN. That's like totally the opposite of trust,
10: okay, my buddy? Times, Have you ever thought about what it must have been like to be on the receiving end of that Zoom call?
13: Um, Well, I I haven't just thought about it. I've spoken to several of my former colleagues at The New Yorker about it, and, you know, they... were shocked and appalled. Um, I think they realized that this was not intended for them. I think they realized that this was um, something that I would immediately regret, as as I certainly did. And-
2: Dude, unless you're like on OnlyFans or on Pornhub, why would anyone think that you would be doing it for their pleasure? Like, what kind of conversation is that? I had a conversation with them. You know. Um, you know, kind of just to tell them that me tugging on myself and pleasing myself sexually had nothing to do with you. It wasn't for your enjoyment. Dude, they know they were yelling at you and tried to call you to get the damn camera off. Like listen to what they're, oh my gosh, the freeze frame though is perfect. (laughs) I can't. Okay. Wait, listen to more of this
13: and it was then it was that day that i began apologizing and that is something that i have tried to continue to do uh, both publicly and privately you know we've covered a lot of political scandals and we've heard what i like to think of as the politician apology which is you know i'm sorry if you were offended um which always sounds to me like i've said the words now get off my back that's exactly what i've tried not to do i mean i have tried and i'm trying now to say how sorry I am, uh, sincerely, in, ti- in 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 all seriousness. Above all. I am sorry to my wife and to my family, but I'm also sorry to the people on the Zoom call. I'm sorry to my former colleagues at The New Yorker. I'm sorry to my current, fortunately still, colleagues at at CNN. And I'm sorry to the people who read my work and who watched me on CNN and who who thought (laughs) I was a better person than this.
10: And so, you know, I got a lot
13: to rebuild, but I feel very privileged and very lucky that I'm going to be able to try to do that.
10: I mean, one of the ironies of this whole incident is that for decades you have covered the bad judgment and sexual proclivities of public figures and politicians like Bill Clinton and Anthony Weiner and Elliot Spitzer and Donald Trump. You didn't
2: cover shit on that. Look at her face. She doesn't even believe it. She's like trying to remember what she's supposed to say. Her eyes are rolling so far back in her head because she knows how full of shit she is. And she's trying, you know, her eyes are super brown right now. Like, stop, stop. So he jerks off. What man doesn't? Obviously, I can't imagine. (laughs) I have to stop. This is just, I should not revel in his humiliation. Oh my gosh. But I just can't because it's their fault. Like, why are you putting this out there? Why are you having this conversation? Just leave it alone. I left my camera on. I did something that people shouldn't see. It was in my, pri- I thought it was private. I have real sexual urges and laugh it off. Instead, they're dragging this out as to, I apologize
0: and I went to a food. Oh, God. I went to a food bank, so now you can trust me.
2: (laughs) Looks like, wonder if she's touching herself. Like, come on, stop. This is all we're gonna think of when we see Allison again. And this is, this, this vase, this frozen, like this is just how ridiculous they are. (laughs) Like, guys, any one of you do any sexual indiscretions like public sex or accidentally doing stuff on camera that people see that it wasn't intended for. Make sure you go to a food bank and write a book because then people could trust you again. Because what he did was atrocious. How dare you masturbate? Like what the heck?
10: Trump and I could go on. And so, you know, of course it begs the question, why didn't you have better judgment? Because
13: I didn't have better judgment. Because I'm a flawed human being who makes mistakes. And, um, I, you know, I, there is no defense for my conduct. The only issue is what should be the consequences. And the New Yorker made one decision about the consequences. CNN made, uh, made a different decision, fortunately, for which I'm very grateful. But. I am not going to come up here and like split, you know, split hairs and try to come up with justifications or explanations. It was wrong. It was stupid. And I'm trying to be a better person.
10: I do want to get to what the New Yorker decision was and the consequences. So after you had worked there for 27 years, Mm -hmm. um, you were fired. They said after an internal investigation and in a internal memo, one of the executives there said, "Uh, I am writing to share with you that our investigation regarding Jeffrey Tubin is complete. And as, a result. He is no longer affiliated with our company. Do you know what else they found?
13: I do, actually. I was told very specifically by the people involved that um, they looked at my entire career at at the new yorker you know 27 years and found that there had been no complaints about me no issues no other you know this was not the straw that broke the camel's back it was just this incident and i was suddenly relieved though not surprised that that's what they found and uh but yet nevertheless they made the decision to get rid of me which needless to say was heartbreaking for me
2: actually he's a pervert and they uncovered that because people were like yo this isn't the first time he's done creepy shit like this.
10: So you're saying there will be no surprise after this that will come out.
13: <laughs> I, I, there are no surprises out there uh, about my conduct that I am worried that, 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 that there is like a there's a skeleton that's going to be found. Um, you know, I, I look, I, I live in the world.
2: They made him go on the record live on TV that there's nothing out there to fear. Holy crap. Hello, me too, in a little bit.
13: world. I know social media, what, what the reactions are likely to be. I assume, I hope they will be at least mixed. But, uh, and so people can claim what they want, but I don't think there is any, um, anything further that's going to come out.
10: Do you think, given that, that the punishment fits the crime? You know,
13: I'm I am the worst person to ask that question. I mean, I know. I mean, obviously, I I loved the New Yorker. I loved working there. I, I felt like I was a very good contributor to that magazine for a very long time. And I thought this punishment was excessive. But look, I you know that's why they don't ask the uh, criminal to be the def- to be the judge in his own case. I mean, I. Um, I thought it was an excessive punishment. I am incredibly grateful to CNN for, for taking me back. But, I, you know, other people are going to weigh in about whether it was appropriate for them to get rid of me and for CNN to keep me.
10: Other people have weighed in.
13: Yes, indeed.
10: Um, late night talk shows have had a field day.
13: But you know what? How about... Two segments on Saturday Night Live about me. That's that's like anyway. I'm
10: How sorry, unpleasant was that? Or whatever. What, did it, it you was, see it? Did you watch it? I
13: actually did not watch it. I, I I I sort of read transcripts and I guess I saw a little YouTube of it. Um, you know, I, I try I, I've you know, one thing about all this is I've never thought of myself, even when I was a prosecutor, as someone who was a particular hard ass who was someone who was like wanted to punish everyone to the maximum extent of the law and and also you know as a journalist i i have been aware that you know not every crime deserves the death penalty so i i don't think there's a lot of hypocrisy involved in a claim for leniency on my part but it is true that you know people had fun with this and i am enough a person in the world to know you know people were going to have fun with
10: it well i mean on that note even oj simpson took a swipe at you Um, and you know, I think that it could be unpleasant to be the butt of jokes, obviously. And so I'm wondering if you think that that will somehow color your legal analysis in the future. I,
13: I, you know, I really don't think so. You know, my dad used to say something. He used to say, you can judge a person by their enemies. And if my enemy is OJ Simpson, that is okay with me.
2: Damn. So if my enemy is the deep state, ergo... Maybe we should use Tubin's dad's wise words, right? Should we judge President Trump based on his enemies? Dang, he's a saint. See how that goes?
13: That is okay with me.
10: There we go. Well, Jeffrey, um, on that note, should we move on to the news? (laughs) Sure, let's go. Okay, let's do that. California. You heard me uh, talking about that the judge compared the use of the AR-15 to a Swiss Army knife. What's next in this case? Is this headed for the Supreme Court? Well,
13: you know, one of the weird things about um, gun law in the United States is that in 2008, the Supreme Court issued its famous decision saying there is a constitutional right under the Second Amendment to have a handgun in your home. But they have not really addressed the Second Amendment in any detail since 2008. So what is the status of gun control constitutionally? The only time we, they have now taken a big case from New York next term about, um, gun registration, about permits. I mean, you know, there are now three Donald Trump supporters, uh, three Donald Trump appointees on the Supreme Court. And one of the things Trump said from the very beginning is, I am going to appoint strong Second Amendment supporters to the Supreme Court. So, you know, can you ban assault weapons? Can you ban large-scale magazines? Can you require uh, characters?
2: now, I just wanted to show you this one for the hypocrisy, and two, it's Lubin Tubin. <laughs> so, and how Lubin Tubin has been forgiven by CNN, but he hasn't really. The thing is, his contract was different. So, let's just remember that. Now, before we go, I want to show you a, a mashup of uh, Times Square. Please enjoy. Damn, I know it's skipping. I know it's skipping. It's skipping, you guys. Let me see if I can load it differently. Give me a second. Let me, let me do something else. Let me try this. Let me try this. Give me a second. I'm trying to get this up. They just don't want this out. So guess what? I'm going to keep doing this until it's up. Hold on, guys. Hold on. All right, I'm back. Here's how we're going to do it. We're going to do it a different way. This way. There we go, and I wonder how you can see it. Let's make it bigger and. Play. Have you heard of the Hunter Biden laptop? That's mostly what you're talking about. I've heard about it, but I'm guessing
1: you voted for Trump.
9: No. What does that have to do
0: with it? Do you
2: care that they were selling our oil and gas to China
3: and making money
2: off of it? I'm gonna
0: play the fifth on all of this.
7: Just doesn't believe me.
2: I'm an investigative journalist and I'm asking people around New York if they've heard of the Hunter Biden laptop. Have you heard of it?
6: I have it, but it's not a problem that I have. So,
2: so it, it, well, no, it just goes to show that no one's doing their job in the media.
6: I know, I know who it is, I never heard of it though.
2: Okay. Yeah. Aside from sex tape,
6: <laughs> smoking
2: crack, and child pornography, what oh, else no. do you think
6: is on there? That's enough right there. there yeah, Political
0: stuff, right?
6: I don't know. What do you mean? Besides all that stuff. So, I I'll show. Any Hillary emails in there? I have all those.
2: <laughs> so two years ago, this laptop. Well, this is an image copy, right? So I just rebooted it into another one, so I could show it to people. The FBI got a hold of Hunter Biden, who's Joe Biden's son, laptop. In this laptop, there's child pornography of them, even evidence that Joe Biden knew that one of his grandchildren at the age of 13 was being molested by a family member. This is the crazy stuff. Tons of sex with crack whores. But it also has evidence that Hunter Biden was making deals with the Chinese selling off our gas and oil assets, like our oil and gas, to China, where they sell it and then we buy it back. Why do you think the media is not telling us this? I
3: don't know, but I'm not interested in banking.
0: There's a lot. There's a lot going on out there, man. And if I know too much, it, get, it kind of stretches me out, it gets me depressed. It gets me, you know. oh you know. Then you start going crazy. I start, you know. I want to kill myself. Then, you know. I'd rather not even deal with that shit. No, like, I get what you're saying. You know I, what I, mean?
6: I I get it. This is a glimpse. I'm sure there's so much more corruption that we don't know about. Right. Yeah. And the exactly. media only hides it, so it's like.
2: Right. But how does it make you feel that they get away with all this stuff?
6: They're all
0: crooks. Yeah, yep. they're all of them. I think all of them, all of them are crooks. All of them got something going on. So Everybody- how, do think,
2: like, if this was Trump's kid, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be hearing about it all day, yes? Yeah, it's crazy. it was Donald Trump Jr.'s laptop, What the media have told you about You don't have to take my word for it. I'll show it to you, so you don't think that I'm bsing. I believe. I'll show I
6: you. I definitely believe it, but that's the you. problem. That's why that's I believe it's it. Love. Like. That's not his laptop. I can show it to
1: you.
2: I'm going around asking people because apparently they think that it's a conspiracy. Now there's not child pornography here, so we've removed that. But these are all his texts, images. I mean, there's you know adult pornography, but these you, are all that's his texts. his laptop, though. Yes, it is. You want to see it?
6: How did you get his laptop?
2: I'm an investigative journalist, like I said. This is this is Hunter Biden, right? This is. Well, most of this is porn here that he records himself. I've got text messages where he's using extremely racial slurs, talking about taking our money.
0: Can I put this on YouTube? Yeah, you can. Oh shit, I'm vlogging. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. People at this
2: here. Look, look
0: what's up. not like Look what he's
2: doing. That's him, but
0: naked. <laughs> that's joe biden's
2: son here joseph r biden he sent two thousand dollars for that to richard ruffner
6: so how did you get a hold of his laptop
2: because i'm an investigative journalist i've been doing this for a while
6: but trump didn't get it
2: trump had it he, we gave it to the fbi they have it <laughs> Do you feel that the media is biased by not showing this? But if it was Trump's kids, it'd be
6: all over the news. I feel people are more
1: scared. Like
6: they probably just don't want to get involved with something like this. The media? It, not the media. Maybe the people behind the media. Like it's always somebody that's putting it out into the media. Maybe they just don't want to get involved. All politicians—Democratic, Republican, Independent, Libertarian—I think that. They all pay the media in some in some sort of way. I think all of my are crooked. Right. I don't think that there is a right, wrong, left, right party. I think that every politician is. Do well, you understand that
2: Trump being in office cost them billions of dollars? Cost the billions. Of cost of- the the Democrats and in general the establishment a shit ton of money because they couldn't take our oil, they couldn't steal it, and so when this COVID thing happened, what did Trump say? China made it. You know, it's not what they say, but he had to go along with it because then the rest of the world would call him crazy. Now, a year later, they're saying he came from Wuhan, right? Now they have to. And then they're telling us that we need to be identified by COVID passports. And what's the point of the COVID passport? If you get a vaccine, and you can still get it. Why are you getting documented with your DNA? That's what the passport is. It's your DNA profile. So he was telling us
1: this. Okay.
2: I'm not saying he's a saint. You don't have to like him. Right. Right. But he was a good president. He told us all this stuff. And now it's all coming out. This. They were selling.
6: What do you classify good presidents to be?
2: Someone that fights for our economy. Someone that makes sure that our money stays here and looks after our people first.
6: We talk about this every day. Like, no, we knew already, like, this is so how was they, it bad after Trump? No, hell no. Like okay. that's why we idolize Trump for things like that, but nobody else will get it. So that's it's like, a, no, there's a lot of people that get it. They're the, they're good. called the silent majority. Gonna say yeah, he's good, but that's not how we look at it. Cause that's not true. He was a good like president because he's good. Nigga, nobody likes nobody because they're good.
2: No, he was a good president
6: though. Very. Hey, there's been no president in the history of of, of the country. That has looked out for interests of Black America,
2: right? So you think that um, the previous
6: administration? Obama? No, I think Obama was Obama too. did
2: worse. I think, like I think he
6: was worse. I think that he was the same as the other president. Like, I wouldn't yeah, say he you was gotta worse. Look at,
7: you got to look at the the, the you got to look at the mark that he started at. Right. You got to look at the position our country was in previous I was to. That I used
2: to work for John Brennan when he was advising Obama as a senator.
6: That would be fine, but what?
2: What, what, if, what if I told you that? Obama was groomed because they wanted him to get into position.
6: I think every president No,
2: by the by the agency because I worked for them. I
6: think I'm a whistleblower. Of, I think that every president No, I, I can believe that.
2: No. No, 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 like really bad. What if I told you that I could show you an email right now? Joe Biden, Donald Trump, he won the 2012 election before the election happened.
1: I believe
6: he did. He cheated. He did not think he cheated there's no there's no okay, possible way let me say you this. let me show you the proof let me say this let me say this, okay. no let me this. The, the, the Electoral College, mean, college so the you. Electoral College I'll show it to the Electoral College it wasn't it, it, it wasn't set up by the government. And the Electoral College is set up because blacks got a got their right to vote and so they looked at it and said okay in order to keep us disenfranchised We'll set up an electoral college where our votes don't really count. It goes by it goes by the delegates of the state. No, it had
2: nothing to do with that. This is way before that.
6: So let's deal with Trump changing all the voting laws, which makes it illegal. Which makes it illegal for you to give water to someone setting a line.
2: Um, do you think that the elections were fair and square this year? Yes.
6: Okay, I don't think no it. election is fair, or square. No, no, number number one, it. I think they know who's what going was to be president. Right. Was yeah, but I think Harris. Donald Trump is so it. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, yeah, not like.
1: Let me
2: show it to you. See I, the email. I want to show you the email that he knew. You want to see evidence? Let me show it to you. I know I'm showing you that they rigged the election. If you then I can well then, I guess maybe I should do one out in Cleveland too, right? <laughs> Anywhere I go, I will try to get this done. See, one thing is it's really hard walking around with the laptop and saying, look, it's hunters. And then you show it to them. And you're like, look, I got close to 100,000 emails in here from iPads, iPhones, and three different laptops, all in one. Come and take a look. Come and take a gander. But what people don't want to admit is that they were duped and while this laptop has been re-imaged by so many the media has failed you because they haven't showed you a fraction of it now many people will say and this is a conversation that i had with many that um the reason they're only talking about parmesan and hookers is because that's how stupid americans are that's the only thing they can comprehend wrong Americans are a lot smarter than that. And the thing is that they've come to accept that their politicians are above the law. And that is wrong. Very wrong. They are not above the law. They have never been above the law. You let them be above the law. Remember that. So whatever it takes, we're going to get this done. See you for movie night.
5: Falling too fast to prepare for this. Dropping in the world could be dangerous. Everybody's circling as vulture race. Negative, nepotist. Everybody's waiting for the fallen man. Everybody's praying for the end of times. Everybody hoping they could be the one. I was born to run. I was born for this. Whip, whip. Run me like a racehorse. Pull me like a ripcord. Break me down.
0: Up. I wanna be the slip, slip, word upon your lip, lip, letter, that Let you rip, rip, break me
5: down, fill me up. Whatever it takes, because I love the adrenaline in my veins, I do whatever it takes, because I love how it feels when I break the chains, whatever it
1: takes, yeah.
5: the adrenaline in my face I do it takes. I of being typical, looking at my body feeling miserable, always hanging on to the visual, I want to be invisible. Looking at my ears like a mighty dome. everybody needs to be a part of them. Never being up on the bridal sun, I was born to run, I was going for it.